Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 700. If you'd like to have a copy of program 700, uh, just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free of charge. Sharon will tell you how to receive it at the end of the program. We've got another powerful message, a truthful message, a message from God uh, of whom it is written that it is impossible for him to lie. All right, and we have music. I've got uh, letters. But right now, let's pray to the Lord to anoint this program with his Holy Spirit. Father, anoint this program with your Holy Spirit. Uh, build a wall of fire around about it. Open up uh, the people of the world, their hearts, to receive the things that you have wanted them to receive before they were ever born, before even the foundations of this world were laid by you. Lord God, I rebuke Satan. Give no place to him whatsoever. And let people that were against your work be for your work, for their own benefit, Lord, for their benefit. People think they're benefiting you. They're benefiting themselves, Father, when they receive you as their living God. They have these promises that are absolutely sure. And they're anchors for our soul because you cannot lie. It's impossible for you to lie. Well, we ask that people receive you that are unsaved into their hearts, that you receive them, and I know you will, if they will, and let the church be strengthened mightily. In Jesus, the word of God, amen and amen. Uh, Now, here's uh, Debbie Boone. She used to be a member of our church, and... um, she sought with her sister for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Shirley Boone, the mother, used to go to our church. And um, there, uh, she's such a nice girl. In uh, the name of this song, hit number one uh, in the world, I believe. It's called You. In other words, she said she sang it to Jesus. You light up my life. So many nights I'd sit by my window Waiting for someone to sing me his song So many dreams I kept deep inside me alone
Debbie Boone. She sure got that voice uh, from her daddy, Pat Boone. <laughs> uh, so uh, she's really, really uh, a good singer. That was a great song as well. Amen? Amen? The Lord lights up our lives. All right, now we're back into the book of Hebrews. And what chapter are we in now? Let's seven. see if anybody remembers. It's chapter 7. Amen? Amen. Verse 6, but he who is descent is not counted from them received tithes. Now, uh, Melchizedek didn't come from the Levitical priesthood. The Levitical priesthood came from God, from Christ. Amen? Amen. So, but he whose descent is not uh, counted from the Levites received tithes and offerings of Abraham. In other words, from Levi also, because Levi was still in uh, his father's loins and blessed him that had the promises. And who has the promises? Well, uh, Abraham did. He had the promises from the Lord. Verse 7, And without all contradiction, the last, in other words, Abraham, is blessed of the better, which is Melchizedek, or Jesus. 
Verse 8. And here men that die, in other words, Levites, uh, the Levitical priesthood, the people, all people die except, and the Lord died once, but he's not going to die anymore. And here men that die receive tithes, like Levitical priesthood, they receive tithes, but there he, here, um, there he receiveth them of whom it is witnessed that he liveth, and he lives forever. Okay, now, verse 9. And as I may so say, Levi also, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For verse 10, for he was yet in the loins of his father Abraham when Melchizedek met him. Verse 11, if therefore profession were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, but the law doesn't make people perfect. It tells you what perfect is. And it brings you condemnation because nobody but Melchizedek or Christ kept the law. But now, and uh, we never kept the law either, but when Christ enters into us, we have the power then to keep the law. Because if we don't, then the law will condemn us. What? Uh, further need was there that another priest uh, should rise after the order of Melchizedek. How come there's another priesthood and not be called after uh, the order of Aaron or the Levites? Verse 12, for the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. Verse 13, for he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe, the tribe of Levite, of which no man gave uh, attendance. So he, this was the tribe of Melchizedek, which um, no man gave attendance at the altar, verse 14, for it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So it's for sure there's no Judah priesthood of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. Verse 15, and it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises also another priest. Verse 16, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. So we man, mankind has laws that we must keep, but um, it's the carnal commandments. 
don't do this and don't do that, don't do this and that and this and that. And we still are not to do the things uh, that uh, the law says not to do. But this, uh, <clears throat> this one, this Christ, this Melchizedek, uh, is made not of after the law of a carnal command, but after the power of an endless life. So if we're a Christ or Melchizedek, the Christ who is the high priest, after the order of not Judah, or after the order of not Levi, but after the order of Melchizedek, who was never created, he had no beginning, no ending, his body had an ending, a, a temporary ending here, but then he rose from the dead and he ascended into the kingdom of heaven and now he lives forever. Verse 17, for he testifieth, thou art a priest forever. You're not like the Levites who die, but you're a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, the uncreated one, the one that has no beginning or ending. He's the one that uh, is the mediator between God and man. Mary doesn't have any of these credentials, nor does anybody else. How are you going to get to God without Melchizedek or Christ? Verse 18, for Christ lives forever. All these other people, you can go to their graves uh, and see that their bones are still in there. And some of them are not, they don't even have bones, they're just made out of clay, out of dirt, out of, um, they're just statues. Verse 18, for there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. So it's disannulled. Verse 19, for the law made nothing perfect. What the law does is makes everything imperfect because we know by reading the law that all of us have broken it. But the bringing in of a better hope did. Another priesthood. One who helps us and saves us and washes us from all of our sins and gives us his spirit so that we in him can live also forever. By the which we draw near unto God. We cannot draw near to God without going through Christ. The reason that so many people are cursed today is because they refuse to go through Christ. They want to go through the Pope. They want to go through Mary. They want to go through a, a, a horse, a donkey, um, a jackass, Buddha, Muhammad, all these nothings. Verse 20, and oh, did I offend them? So what? You're nothing anyway, all you. Only Christ, only Christ is the one that we can get to God through. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. The bright and morning star. Verse 20. 
and in as much as not without an oath he was made priest verse 21 for those priests uh, Levitical priests were made without an oath but this with an oath by him that said unto him the Lord swear and will not repent thou Jesus are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek an everlasting priesthood because you say I'm alive I was dead I'm alive now but I'm alive forevermore verse 22 by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament Ah, verse 23 and they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death all of those priests died so there has to be another priest one that lives forever Christ cannot die he can't lie it's impossible for him to lie and it's impossible for him to die any longer. Verse 24. But this man, Jesus, because he continueth forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Nothing's going to be new. Nothing's going to be new added to it. Because we have to come to him for salvation. Uh, you go to somebody else, you're spinning your wheels. You're not going to go anywhere but down. Verse 25. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost, in other words, forever also, that come unto God by not Mary, by not Buddha, by not the Muhammad, but by him, Jesus seeing he ever liveth. Mohammed didn't live forever. He's dead. And his rotten flesh is stinking in the grave today, and his bones are there. The same thing with everyone else, but Jesus lives forever to make intercession for us, for them. So he can, uh, we can talk to God through him only. Not Mary. You're saying, uh, Holy Mary, Mother of God, the Lord. You're, you're praying to the wall. You're praying to the dirt, the ground. Because she's not a mediator. She doesn't make intercession for you. She's a nice Jewish girl, but she's in heaven. Her body is not risen from the dead. She's still in the grave. Verse 26, for such an high priest, Jesus, became, uh, uh, became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made, so he's separate from sinners, so if you want to get to him, you have to repent of your sins. If you want to get to God and you want to be in heaven forever, He's separate of God, Father God, Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit. They're separate from sinners. They're not going to let you into the kingdom of heaven if you don't uh, have all your sins washed away. 
And you forget any phony priest or Catholic priest or any other. Uh, they're not really priests because they're full of heresy. And they have your last rites for you. They can't do anything for you at all. You have to go to the Lord yourself. He's undefiled, separate from sinners. Separate. And made higher than the heavens. So how are you going to get into the highest place in heavens if there's sin on your soul? The Bible says that's impossible, just like it's impossible for the word to be a lie, because the word is God. Verse 27, who needeth not daily as those uh, high priests in the Levitical priesthood to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins, because Jesus never sinned. He doesn't have to offer up any sacrifice. He offered himself up because he was without sin. And then for the people, for the peoples, for this he did once. He died once when he offered up himself. There was no better offering. Now, all the offerings in the Old Testament where they were beeves, uh, oxen, sheep, goats, all these different things were symbolic of uh, Christ who uh, offered up himself. But it wasn't him. It was just... Uh, you people believe that Jesus is coming into the world, then you bring, uh, because there's no power in you. You're all sinners, and you have to bring sin offerings. But when he that is free of sin has no sin, and you want to be free of sin yourself, you go to him to get a bath in his blood by faith, and then he covers you in his blood by your faith, and therefore he enters into you with his power to never sin again. And so these people that are telling you who's perfect, going to be, they're liars and they're devils. All right? Because I've rebuked these people many times and they still don't repent. And I've read it to them from the word of God, which is impossible to lie. So he offered up himself. Because it was, uh, he had to be perfect. He had to be without sin. Now, the Old Testament um, offerings were without spot and blemish. They couldn't have a blemish on them. It had to be the best of the animals. You don't tithe your garbage to the Lord. You take the first things, the best of everything that you had, and give it to the Lord. Because he's God and he's the one that you're going to have to face. And you give him your old newspapers and garbage and your old clothes and everything like that. Now you can give them to goodwill because they're really not of the Lord. You're giving it, you know, because you're giving it unto man, not to God. But when you give tithes and offerings to the house of God, you give the best you have. And you give what you have. Now, verse 28. For the law maketh men a high priest. Men, not Christ, not God, but men, high priests, which have infirmity. They all have uh, some kind of thing that they've done wrong, and they have to offer up uh, uh, symbolic offerings of Christ 
to take away their infirmities. But the word of the oath, which was since the law, the word of the oath, which was since the law, maketh the son who is um, consecrated or separated from sinners, he has made him the priest forevermore. Because he never sinned and he's consecrated unto God. He died for every one of us. He's the real sacrifice. We don't offer up sacrifices any longer of goats and bulls and all that. But what? Guess what? We offer ourselves as living sacrifices to him because he bought us with his blood and therefore he owns us and he tells us to give ourselves completely to him. So we're living sacrifices. Now this is chapter 8. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum, the sum in total of it. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Okay, um, this means that he's sitting on the right hand. He's the right arm of God. All power and all wisdom, uh, all power on in uh, on earth and in heaven belongs to Jesus. So he's the actual power of God. So uh, he says, this is on the right hand. This is the, well, that's my right hand man, God says. This is Jesus. So uh, he sits on the throne in the ma uh, of the majesty in the heavens. I'm reading to you right out of the Bible. That's what I preach is the Bible. People take issue with the Bible. Oh, well, who are you to argue with God? Verse 2, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. So what does that mean? Well, we're the tabernacle of God. Amen. Amen. And the Lord lives in us. So there are many tabernacles that God lives in. And that's why the Lord Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions, where my father lives in many mansions. All right, so they did a song, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you so. Uh, he's got a way to prepare a place for us. We have to do the preparing. We have to do what he says. And then he becomes our mansion, and we are his. Now, I mentioned uh, yesterday where in the second chapter of Second Thessalonians, it talks about the devil, the Antichrist, the lawless one, the spirit of Satan, would, uh, the great red dragon would be on the earth in the last days, and that he, uh, there'd be a great falling away of the church, and that this satanic spirit would move into people that is the temple of God, the temples of God. And he would say that he, the devil, is God by saying uh, there's new rules and there's new regulations, okay? You men can be married with men and women to women. 
And you could be lesbians, you could be homosexuals, you can commit adultery, it's no big deal. Little kids, they can have sex in school because they're some kind of blessed creatures that God now allows to fornicate. So the, the satanic government says your kids can fornicate. As a matter of fact, we have some uh, condoms for you. Take your selection. There's all different colors here. And also take your selection of birth control pills. And, you know, if you get pregnant, well, you girls, don't tell your mom, don't tell your dad, like the Bible says. Go and get uh, your, you say your body is your own, but the Bible says that your body is the temple of God. And that you are not your own, you don't belong to yourself because God purchased you. If I go to a furniture store and buy a whole house full of furniture, that's mine. I paid for it, it's mine, it belongs to me. You can't take it. But nowadays, you know, the government can take it because they say they're God. But they're not. They're the devil, folks. And the Bible plainly tells us that this government is the Antichrist government, the lawless, uh, organized, lawless bunch of devils that is running this world. They think, but God is sending many of us into the world with the kingdom of heaven in us, and therefore the kingdom of heaven, they can't see it, but they can see us and hear us in operation. Okay? Now, uh, so, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which we are, which the Lord pitched and not man. Well, how did the Lord pitch it? He says, here's the way that I pitch the tabernacle. Now, you people just believe me because it's impossible for me to lie and come to me and let me live in you so that uh, I can be uh, in you. And you are my tent or my tabernacle or my mansion, God says. Because I have many people I live in, many mansions, many houses that I live in. So the Lord has pitched that tent and not man. We can't uh, be born again of ourselves or somebody else. We have to come to the Lord. And the Lord pitches this tent. Uh, he makes us a tent, a home, a, a, a tabernacle, a mansion. Verse 3, for every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, wherefore it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. Verse 4, For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are a priests that offer gifts according to the law. Even the priests had to give gifts unto the Lord. So he's our tabernacle and we are his. We have to be in him and the Father and the Father and the Holy Spirit that Jesus has to be in us. Verse 5, who serve unto, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. As Moses was admonished of God 
when he was about to make the tabernacle, for see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. Well, there is, uh, you made it according to the tabernacle in the kingdom of heaven. I mean, very crudely. Verse 6, But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Verse 7, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second, for the New Testament. Verse 8, For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Verse 9. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because... They continued not in my covenant. They broke the covenant, so Moses broke the two tables of stone. It had to be made again. And I regarded them not, saith the Lord. I pay no attention to them now. Will you break my covenant, and you're not mine. Pay no attention to them. I regard them not, says God, who it's impossible to lie. If I tell you I'm not regarding you at all, then you're not regarded. Verse 10, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I, listen to this, I will put my laws into their mind. Would you have the laws of God in your mind to not break the law? No, people are running crazy. They see the government is nuttier than a fruitcake and that they're satanic. And so they figure they're our example. So we can uh, be uh, nuttier than a fruitcake too. We can just do anything we want, but not according to the Lord. He said he's going to put his laws into your mind and write them in uh, their hearts, those of us that are saved. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. So, uh, he'll also be our father, and we'll also be his sons and daughters. Verse 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his um brother, the neighbor, the ones that live together, that shows it's like communal living like the Israelites did because it's easy. If somebody is sick, somebody takes their place. 
If the cook gets sick, some of the other people go in there and pitch in. If women are sick, they have somebody come in uh, in the communal living, they go in there and start help them out in their house, take care of the kids. So every man his brother. Now, I'm not a brother to a person that's unsaved. I'm a brother to a person that is saved. Saying, know the Lord. Well, we don't have to say that to these people that know the Lord already because all of the brothers and all your neighbors shall know me from the least to the greatest. Verse 12, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. I'll forgive your sins if you come to me and you want to be my son or daughter. You want me to be your God. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. I'll drown them in the sea of my forgetfulness and never remember them again. And I cannot lie. God cannot lie. Verse 13, in that he saith a new covenant, he has made the first old. Now, that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. So now we walk in the spirit. The law of the spirit of life in Christ. Now, verse, this is chapter 9, verse 1. Then surely, or verily, surely, the first covenant uh, had um, also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. It was made out of um, things that come out of the earth. Verse 2. For there was a tabernacle made the first. It was made in the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread. These are things that God had the people of Israel, the priesthood, put into the tabernacle, which is called the sanctuary. Verse 3, and after the uh, the second veil, there's another veil in the tabernacle, uh, which is called the holiest of holies, the, uh, the holiest of all. This is where only the high priest could go. That's where the Ark of the uh, Testimony was, the Ark of God, where the two tables of stone that had the Ten Commandments on there was, and uh, all the other things that the Bible mentions, and the cherubims above it, and so on. Verse 4, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna, they saved some of the manna that came down for 40 years and fed the people of Israel. This is a miraculous thing that you don't have to go to the grocery store. Yeah, you just go outside and pick the bread up off the ground. And Aaron's rod that budded. A bunch of people were wondering, uh, the 12 tribes of Israel said, wow, we're just as much of God as you are. And so 
we need some kind of proof. We should be able to run things the same way as you. And so God had every one of the tribes put a rod into this pot. And so the one that buds is the one that is the, supposed to be the priesthood. And Aaron's rod was the one that budded and had almonds on it. And the tables of the covenant, that's where the Lord wrote the old, uh, the law. And over it, the cherubims of glory, shadowing the um, mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. Verse 6. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the uh, service of God. Verse 7. But into the second went the high priest, only him alone. They tied uh, ropes on him and... Uh, he had bells on his uh, around him, and if the bell stopped ringing, well, they knew that he fell dead. You couldn't go into the most holy place with sin on your soul, so therefore he would offer a sacrifice before he went in there. Once every year he went in there, not without blood. So he had to shed a sacrifice that acknowledged that he believed that Jesus God was coming into the world as a man and would shed his blood, which he offered for himself. So he was a sinner himself and for the errors of the people, all the sins of the people. Verse 8, the Holy Spirit, this signified that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. So we're not to offer up sacrifices any longer because the true sacrifice came. And when the veil of the temple busted down the middle when Jesus was crucified on the cross and gave up the spirit, that showed that that was the end of the Levitical priesthood. And there was no priests after that. Jesus became the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 9, which was a figure or a symbol or a type for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect because they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. They didn't have the fullness of the Godhead living in them as pertaining to the conscience. And the worst thing in the world is to have a guilty conscience, to be walking around with that conscience uh, pointing its bony finger at you. Verse 10, which stood only uh, in meats, and drinks, and divers' washings, and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of Reformation, until Christ came. 
the real sacrifice. So all this is ended when he comes, and it's plain that that's the way it is. Verse 11, but Christ being come and high priest who never sinned of good things to come. What's the good things to come? Eternal life, the kingdom of heaven, and, uh, and life more abundantly here on earth by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Right. Now it's a building not made by hands. It's God himself who is not created. He was always there, and he, there's no end to him. Verse 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So God Almighty, because of the fact that God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son, he gave the word of God to us to show us these things so that we could be without a doubt knowledgeable of the right, the proper way to be saved. Verse 13, to live forever in heaven. Verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh. If all these things purified the flesh, but of course after they were purified, they went and sinned again after that because no power of God living in them. God was not living in them. Christ, I mean the living God, the high priest, after the order of Melchizedek. Now, 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without any sin, without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to the works, uh, you know, the things that you do in the world, all you unsaved people and myself before I was saved, they're dead works. What means by dead? That means that they can't get you into heaven because they're dead works. We have to do living works. We have to allow the living God, uh, Christ, his Father, and the Holy Spirit to live in us so that we are capable by the power of God in us to do godly works, not dead works, but godly works, to serve the living God. Verse 15, and for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called um, might receive the promise of eternal inheritance, eternal life, to inherit everything with Christ and the Father. We own, those of us that are born of the Spirit, own everything that Christ owns. Verse 16, for where a testament is, it must also of necessity be the death of the testator. So in other words, it's a will that the Lord uh, left for us, and so he died 
so that the will can be ours. Okay, so, uh, and this is, my time has run out, and so we're going to, uh, read some letters here. Do you have a couple of letters there? Yes. Where's the first one from? From Talara, Peru, translated from Spanish. Okay, we'll take up with this next message. 701. Okay, what? Go ahead, read it. God bless you all. Brethren at the Tony Alamo Ministries in the United States, I am the pastor of the Church of Alto Talara, situated in Peru. I am a non-denominational church, a free church. I was given one of your pieces of literature. I read it, and it is according to the Word of God. I would like to start off by asking you to send me your literature, and then I would like to ask you to allow me to unite myself with your ministry. I have a congregation of 60 brethren. Pastor Lamo, I would like you to consider what I've asked for. Please send the literature to the following address. I will wait for a reply. Thank you. Pastor Luis Correa from Talara, Peru. All right. Praise the Lord. Do we have another letter? Yes. Where from, is this one from? From Lagos, Nigeria. Okay. Let's hear it. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. A friend gave me a copy of the World Newsletter entitled More Spiritual Depth. After going through it, I found out that the attributes that the man needs in order to inherit God's heavenly paradise was not in me. Sir, please, I need the solution to my problem to have these attributes in my life. I also require some copies of your literature text and a Bible in order to convince my friends which are still roaming in darkness. Thank God for giving me the opportunity to meet a man like you. I'm looking forward to seeing your reply. Thanks. God bless you. A. Franklin from Lagos, Nigeria. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, the Bible tells you that, that there's a new covenant. The Lord lives in us, and we live in him. He's our God, and we're his sons and daughters. Well, right now is the time that you can become a son or a daughter of the Lord. If you say this prayer, this is the beginning, and it's... Really good, because at this late date, you better begin right now. Because if you don't begin, then you're rejecting him. And, of course, as you hear from the word that I'm reading to you from the Bible, he does not like those that reject him. But he loves those that love him and keep his commandments. So, <clears throat> say this prayer to him. And say it sincerely. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, I open up my heart, and I invite you, Jesus, into my heart, and I know, Jesus, that you are the Father and the Holy Spirit. So wash away all my former filthy sins, away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me. And I know that I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my eternal soul. Now just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord. And uh, just read the word now and stay in there uh, patiently. And Sharon, tell everyone in Radio Land, in our audience, uh, 
How they can receive a copy of this program, number 700. It's free of charge, including postage and handling. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. There's so many people that are singing songs like Shake the Devil Off and things like that. But the, there's a way to shake the devil off. It's not just by shaking your body. It's by reading the Word of God constantly on a daily basis and also to come against Satan in the blood of Jesus and pray to the Lord while you're preaching the gospel to bind Satan because the Lord says, Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And we bind the devil by preaching his word. But here's Dorothy Norwood to sing for you, Shake the Devil Off. Yeah. 